Oh, come on. We can do better than that. I love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on. Has he been good to you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God. Come on, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That doesn't mean that you may be triumphant at the moment, but a voice of triumph is a prophetic voice. Says, I will get, I will get through this. I will win. I will get back up. It will be different. Amen. I will get through this. I'm not down and out. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back up. Amen. So one more time, let's shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You might be going through it, but you're going through it. You're going to get through it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. Amen, amen. I am a firm believer in, I, I carefully watch what I say and even in casual conversation because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I believe very strongly in, and. uh, I mean, God just made me that way. I got B positive blood, so I'm just supposed to be positive. So uh, that's just the way I am. So, but it's a biblical fact that if you say the right things, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not just some uh, self-help positive thinking going to get you out of everything. No, but. It is a fact that if you will say it and declare it and believe it, the Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. They don't have any reason to say they're strong. They're weak. But he says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Amen. What you say matters. Because it gets in your spirit, gets in your heart. Amen. You can build on things. And, and I believe God's got great things in store for this church, this people. Amen. And I feel very strong. Uh, again, uh, I just, I want to reach and help somebody today. I, I, keep, I keep going back to different veins, and, or the same vein, really. I keep going back to different thoughts, but it's all the same vein. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know. I don't know uh, who I'm preaching to tonight exactly, um, but I know I know God's given me something to talk to you about, and I appreciate the invitation. Uh, I appreciate the hospitality, the everything that our brother and sister Samson has done. Amen. He asked me what I liked, and I said, I said, man, and maybe some some Dr Pepper Zero and some beef jerky and. Maybe even Chex Mix. And man, they got me more beef jerky and Chex Mix than I could eat in a two-week revival. So I don't know if that's what you're thinking or what. But I thought, man, my goodness, I got value size and family size stuff. I didn't know if I should have took offense to that or what. 
Amen. But I, I enjoyed some of it, though. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I appreciate all that they've done and appreciate the friendship. Amen. God, God puts people in your life for a purpose and a reason, and, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for the connection here. And, uh, and uh, I, do, I promise I've got a wife and kids. I really do. They're, they're going to come one of these days, and, uh, and, uh, and you'll get to meet them. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. And uh, we're going to read through the verse four verses. And I really don't know exactly how it'll go tonight, but I do know God's wanting to, to reach and help somebody. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it. Everybody say burned it with fire. And they had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Didn't, didn't, didn't kill anybody. I, I feel the Holy Ghost one about to say here, what you thought was dead is just being carried away. It looks like it's dead. It looks like it should be dead, but it's just been carried away for a little bit. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then the people, then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept, until they had no more power to weep. I want the Holy Ghost to talk to us tonight. I'm going to preach a place called Ziklag. And, and I want God to talk to us. Amen. Can we put down our Bibles, lift up our hands, and ask the Holy Ghost to move in this place? God, I love you. Oh, come on, let's pray. God, I love you, and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this group of people. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for the steps your people are making, God, as they get closer to you, Lord. I'm asking right now for you to move in a mighty way tonight, Lord. I'm asking for your anointing, for it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that's the difference maker, God. I need your anointing. I need your help, God. Speak to your people tonight, God. We'll give you all the praise and honor you know we will. We can't do it without you, Jesus. I need your help right now, God. Move in this place. And we give you all the praise and glory. Everybody give him another good hand clap of praise. Another shout unto God. Oh, come on, somebody. It's not dead. It's alive. Hallelujah. I know it looks bad, but it's still, it's still going to turn out good. Oh, yes, it is. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. Ziklag was a town in the south country of Judah. It was in the possession of the Philistines when David fled to Gath from Ziph with all his followers. Achish was the king and he assigned him to Ziklag as his place of residence. You'll remember correctly when David first shows up, the king said, who, and, who, who brought this guy to my house? This is the guy they, they sang songs about. 
Saul had killed his thousands, but David his 10,000. And guess what, boys? He was talking about killing us Philistines. And why did you bring him to my house? And David was afraid they were going to do something because he's running from Saul. And, and so David acts like a wild man, a madman, goes nuts and, 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 and just screaming and hollering and spits running off his beard. And he's just acting wild. And the guy said, get him out of here. And so they assigned him to another city. It was in the possession, again, like I said, of the Philistines. It was a town in Judah. Judah being the fourth son of Leah meant now will I praise the Lord. It literally means praise. The town was now in the hands of the enemy. David's living in a town in the country interpreted to be praise that's controlled by one of their most frequent of enemies. Amen. You're living in a place called praise Possessed by the enemy, you want to praise him. <coughs> you should be praising him. But the enemy has taken over that place called praise. And pain does that. Hurt causes that. He's there. David's there because of Saul's hatred for him. He's running from his, for his life. He tried to go to Gath. If you'll follow along the story, you can go back and read it. He tries to go to Gath. Gath is the birthplace of Goliath, but he was turned away there. Hear, hear me tonight, church. It's normal. It's, 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 it's convenient to go back to the birthplace of one of your greatest miracles. But uh, if, you, if you're not careful, you'll try to find comfort in past victories. And although I do believe in looking back and reflecting on past miracles. If you're not careful, you'll live in the past so long that you'll get discouraged about the present. You'll feel like the future will never happen. Amen. And so be careful about thinking about your past victories so much that you forget where you're at. Amen. God's wanting to do a new thing in your life today. God's wanting to do a great work right now. Amen. I'm thankful for what he did for me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but I believe he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So don't get comfortable in your past. I don't care how how victorious you were. It's a trap if you're not careful. You'll think, well, what's missing? Why isn't God working for me like he did before? He gives you a good place, a moment, a time to reminisce, but it doesn't always give you what you need for your current situation. Amen. And so you need a fresh touch, a fresh fire. So the king tells David, go to Ziklag. Understand this, David is fleeing from Saul. His every move is being watched wherever he goes. He hears the whispers. He sleeps with one eye open. He, he's always looking over his shoulder because everywhere he goes, he knows the, the, the edict that uh, Saul gave Jonathan. If I find him, I'm going to kill him. Amen? And you think you have it bad. Amen. I don't have to look over my shoulder and wonder if somebody's going to kill me. At least I don't think so. Amen. Ignorance is bliss. I'm enjoying life because I don't think somebody's trying to kill me. But, uh, but I'm telling you, everywhere he went, he had the thought of this might be the day I encounter Saul. And so David's exhausted. He's, and during, during this, this absence from the camp of Israel, he, he, he joins himself with the Philistine expedition against the Israelites. I mean, this is crazy. You don't need Stephen King or all, uh, all these other ones. I think, I'm pretty sure most apostolics think Louis L'Amour is apostolic, but he really isn't. But, but you don't need all these authors out there to think or to find something really crazy. I mean, this book is crazy. I mean, there's some crazy stories in here. 
I mean, how would you like it if your wife drove a tent stake through your temples? Amen. It's crazy in there. Amen. It's some crazy stuff in this book. And so he's now, he's now with the Philistines. He, the ones he conquered, the ones he put fear in, the ones that fled that day that that champion Goliath stood up. Now he's actually fighting side by side with them. I'm telling you, when, when you feel like you're all alone, you'll fight, you'll fight with your enemy. When you're confused, you'll fight with people that you should have no business fighting with. Amen? I'm telling you, God's not the author of confusion. If you're confused about who you're fighting with or who you're running around with, you need to go to the altar, you need to go to the man of God and say, hey, this is my circle of friends. And if they don't line up with the book or line up with good godly counsel, you need to kick them to the curb and say, I'm going to get back in the camp of Israel. I'm going to go back to God's people. Because when, if you're not careful, you'll get so messed up and, and twisted in your thinking that you're actually fighting with people you used to, used to fight against. You spend too much time in the, in, in, with the enemy and, and they don't, things don't look so bad. I said, you spend too much time with the enemy and things don't look too bad. Some of these things about the Philistines, they're not too bad. They're, not, they're pretty good guys. Let me tell you, young people, young boys, young girls, you better be careful who you're running with. You better re really be really think about who you're running with. Amen. Amen. And so David is fighting side by side with the Philistines against the Israelites. Ziklag gets destroyed. I read it to you. It's burned with fire. They take everything away. David's exhausted. His men are tired. And as they approach home, they see the smoke rising. I mean, this man has been running for his life. Doing, doing what he thinks right. Doing his best. He had chance after chance to kill Saul. But he said he even repented just because he cut a piece of his garment off. He, he repented because, Lord, I, I didn't mean to touch your anointed. I mean, he had so much respect and honor. I mean, that's a whole other message right here now. But I'm telling you, a lot of your problems will be fixed if you'd honor your elders. God would fight for you, do things for you, make ways for you. He would help you. A lot, of, a lot of your situations would be turned around if you'd start honoring those that went before you. I mean, you, that don't mean you have to agree with everything to do because you didn't agree with everything that Saul did. But David understood God's a God of order. God's a God of honor. And while I'm breathing, he's the king that God anointed. I'm going to honor him. Amen. And so God blessed him and God will bless you if you follow the same pr principle. And so, everything, everybody say everything, is burned. What do you do when the enemy is burned all you had left? I mean, he fled. He didn't have time to pack anything. He just fled. Met Jonathan in the field. Jonathan said, my dad said, he, you know the little thing, I'm going to shoot the arrow. You know, all, all, all their little agreement. And they embraced. And he said, Jonathan said, my dad's going to kill you. And so he fled. So all he had left is now burned. 
Again, let me ask you the question. What do you do when everything you had is burned? They didn't just take what they could. They burned what was left. Hear me now. Sometimes life is like that. They didn't just take what they could. They burned what was left. He didn't have anything. What he accumulated, he accumulated from the spoils of battle. And so everything he got was because of victories in his life. And now everything he had is gone, including his family. I don't know why we had to go through some of the things we had to go through in life, but we had to go through them. And I don't have all the answers to every situation you're facing tonight. I wish I did, but I don't. I face some things sometimes that there's just moments I just got to trust him because it don't make sense. Am I preaching to somebody? Has life always made sense? Are you in a battle? Are you in a storm right now that does not make sense? You scratch your head. You're doing everything you know to do. You didn't ask for this. You didn't do anything to make Saul mad at you. you just, matter of fact, you came and played music to get the evil spirits from him, from him. And now you're running for your life. And now everything you had left is gone. And you're sitting there looking at a bunch of ash and ruin. I want you to lift up your hands right now because God's wanting to do something. Come on, I feel a heavy burden for somebody that's going through some stuff. And you've asked God a lot of questions. I'm talking to a young couple tonight that your marriage is quickly gone from good to bad. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm telling you the Holy Ghost is talking to me right now. You've got to restore some things that you thought that you, that you started out with. The enemy has come in and stolen some joy and stolen some hope. I know what I'm feeling right now in the Holy Ghost. There's somebody here tonight that you need a revival of joy in your spirit. You need a revival of, of, of hope again. Listen, they said you can survive weeks without food, days without water, minutes without air, but you can't last seconds without hope. And somebody here tonight, you don't have hope. You don't, you don't, think, you don't, you don't look at life anymore with the, with the, with, with the optimistic outlook that you used to because life has gotten hard. You've, you've had to bury some things. You've had to lose some things. Some things are burning and you're wondering how in the world did I get here? This was not the Cinderella story that I thought it would be and I'm telling somebody here tonight uh, don't give up on Ziklag just yet. Uh, don't give up on what God started to do in your life just yet. Uh, there is a revival coming. There's a renewing coming. There's a there's something God's wanting to rebirth in you tonight. It's in these moments of confusion, these moments of great loss, that the test of your resolve will be at its very greatest. Verse 6, the Bible says, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. The souls of his men were so grieved they wept until there was no more power to weep. They've gone from sorrow now to anger. This is the roller coaster ride of emotions in your life when you're in a place called Ziklag. What's your response going to be? I, I think it was probably two or three years, Brother Samson, that God began to pour in my spirit every message I preached, every time I, I led a service, every time I talked and tried to help somebody 
the, the, the words would keep coming out about what's my response. What's your response going to be? Your response matters. And, and, and I had people call me. I had, I had um, uh, uh, people in prayer call me and say, listen, I just want you to know just watch what you're going to say. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm, I, I don't normally do this. And for two or three years, I mean, it was just pounded in me and my spirit about our response. God's interested in our response. Listen, you know what? The Bible tells us about the story of Job. God knew exactly what was going to happen in Job's life. He gave the permissions for the enemy to attack Job. He set the boundaries. He set the rules. Listen, let me help somebody here tonight what you're going through God already set the limitations out there he already set the rules of engagement. He told what the enemy could do, how far he could do, and when he could do it. So what God and, and the enemy both are looking for is what's your response going to be. The enemy said, the devil said, if I take this off of him, he's going to curse you. If I, if I touch his body, he's going to curse you. And Jesus Christ just said, you watch. You watch his response. I'm telling somebody here right now, before I went through one of the darkest trials of my life, God put it in my spirit over and over again. Watch your response. Watch your response. I'm telling you, when you come to Ziklag and nothing's left, what is your response going to be? Is it going to be, bless God, I'm angry. I can't take this anymore. Or is it going to be, listen, he is good. He is great. I trust him. It's going to be all right. I'm going to worship God anyhow. But when you're a ziklag, your emotions. What's your response going to be? They, stopped, they thought and they talked of stoning him. But the Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. He don't have his wife or his kids. What possessions he has is burned and run. Every, listen, these weren't just normal men. These were the men that came to him in the cave of Abdullah where he wrote the 34th Psalm. I'll bless the Lord at all times, okay? Y'all remember that? I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That was the, one of the lowest points in David's life that he penned that, for, that, that psalm. And so these men, the discontented, the, 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 the discontented, the hurting, the discouraged, they heard David in that cave and they came to him. These are the very men now that when they were at their lowest, David encouraged them, I mean, through his pain and his sorrow. Now they're saying, we're going to stone you, David. So he doesn't have his family. He doesn't have his possessions. He's living in a place that he doesn't want to be at. He's the prophesied, anointed king of Israel. And David somehow finds the resolve to encourage himself. Young person, what's, what's your response going to be when everything gets turned upside down? He encourages himself in the Lord. He said, Psalms 34 and 1, this was when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. I will bless the Lord at, come on, you Bible, you Bible quizzers. I will bless the Lord at, at what? All 
You mean when I don't have no money, I'm supposed to praise him? You mean when I don't have anything going right in my life? You know when I'm sick in my body? You know when I'm burying my loved one? You know when everything's going crazy? You know when all hell is breaking loose in my life? You want me to bless God then? Yeah, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Somebody ought to give the devil a black eye tonight, throw your head back and let out a shout of praise that the enemy of your soul hears. You try to discourage me. You try to silence my praise. But the fact that you're here tonight should send shivers through hell that says, I'm going to bless him anyway. I may not have a right. You may not think I should, but I'm going to bless him anyway because he's been good to me. He's been great to me. And I'm going to give it to him right now just like I did when everything was going good I'm going to bless him at all times the fact that you're here tells me you've got fight in you and so Ziklag is a place where at your weakest moment you show your greatest resolve I use this story in a lot of a lot of messages because it, it meant a lot to me. So if, I, if I've said it before, I don't think I have here, but if I did, I'm sorry. But in World War II battle on the Philippines airfield, there was a man by the name of Mitchell Page. He was from Pennsylvania. He was wounded from a bayonet uh, wound, and, and he was all by himself. There were wounded and dead comrades all around him in that foxhole with the enemy closing in. The choice was to surrender or fight. Mitchell Page chose to fight. So with a resolve unmatched by the enemy, Mr. Page operated four machine guns fighting an entire Japanese regiment all by himself. And so for the next 14 hours or so, after the last sound of returning fire was heard, Mitchell Page steps out of the foxhole triumphant. He made up in his mind, I may be outnumbered, I may be wounded, I may be hurt, but this battle, this battle's worth fighting for. I'm here to tell somebody right now, it may look like all of hell is against you. It may look like the numbers are against you. There shouldn't be a reason you fight, but I'm telling you, you gotta get a resolve in you that says, I'm gonna fight anyway. I'm gonna praise God anyway. I'm gonna encourage myself anyway. I may not have the, the numbers on my side, but I'm gonna praise God anyway. This just came to my mind. You know, the Bible tells us, same, same to, it was Israel and the Philistines were the Samson. The Philistines had gathered over 30,000 men to fight a 3,000 man army from Israel. So just by sheer numbers alone, they had the advantage. And you can read it. I, I can find it for you. But, but it was 30,000 to 3,000. And guess what? They decided to do something else. The Philistines said, it's not enough that we, we, we outnumber them 10 to one, that's not enough. What we gotta do is now it, it, go, go into, they went to three different parts of, of Israel, three different camps of Israel. And the Bible says they took the smiths the workers of iron. And they did it for this purpose so that they cannot make any weaponry. Praise is your weapon, by the way. 
The enemy knows he can't outnumber you. Oh, he may have statistically more numbers, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. So he knows numerically he can't defeat you. He can't overwhelm you. He can't overpower you. Because when he comes in like a flood, that the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So he knows that he's defeated already. And so what he tries to do is make sure you can't make weapons and praises are weapon. And so what the enemy did, they went all throughout the camp and took the smiths and they couldn't find any weapons. It was just Saul and Jonathan that had the sword. But you know what they said? Let's turn our, 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 our farming equipment into weapons. I mean, I'm telling you right now, you need to do everything you can to fight. You may not have the means to fight. You may have been, a lot of things may have been stolen in your life, but you need to rise up and say, I'll do what I have to do to fight. You're not getting my family. You're not winning this battle. You're not coming against me. You're not going to be, no, no, I'm going to rise up. I'm going to have victory. I'm going to be the victor in this situation. You may feel the pressure to give up, but don't do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Matter of fact, why don't you do what priests do when, they, when they've been beat up? Everybody wants to think the ministry never is under attack. We never get a break, I don't think. Do what priests do. When you've been beat up, you've been wounded, you feel all by yourself. You know what David did in verse 7? He said, bring me thither the ephod. See, because when you're in Ziklag and you don't have anything around you and everybody's wanting to kill you, amen, you better have a relationship with God. I said, you better, you better have a relationship with God. And David said, I'm all by myself and they're trying to kill me. I gotta do something. I gotta do something. I need a word from God. And he said, bring me the, bring me hither the ephod. And Bithar brought thither the ephod of David. And David, hear me now, David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? I wanna help somebody right now. This is how you get an answer from God. The first thing he did when he saw uh, destruction, the first thing he did when he saw defeat, looking him right in the face, uh, everything's gone, it's all in ash and ruin. David encouraged himself. Amen. I know it's hard to do it when you don't have a reason to shout, but that's why you shout anyway. I know it's hard to do it when everything's not in your favor, but that's why you do it anyway. Because the word of the Lord is coming later on down the road. And if you approach it with encouragement, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I trust you. I don't know when you're going to do it, God, but I trust you. And so he encourages himself from the Lord and then he says, I gotta go to God and I gotta go pray. It's a, you're gonna get a lot more answers to your prayers when you walk in there knowing he's able to do it. I'm gonna be all right. It's gonna be okay. You'd be amazed how much faith you have when you go to pray to God and say, I know what your word says, God. I know you're not a man that you should lie. I know you'll be with me always. I know no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper. So he encouraged himself and then he prays. Can I teach for a little bit right now? Your discouraged prayers aren't affecting the throne of God. Your discouraged, depressed prayers aren't, aren't moving things in your life. 
David needed an answer then. And he encouraged himself first. I said it from the beginning. It matters what you say. Because David said, I don't have a reason to be confident, but I'm confident of this very thing. He that began to work in me, that's Paul, by the way, but David had the same. He that began a good work in me, he's able to perform it. Oh, come on. Listen, if you're going to God and you think there's no way it's going to happen, guess what? It's probably not going to happen. If you go to God and you say, he don't love me, he's not interested in me, he don't hear me, I've made too many mistakes. Listen, I'm not, I'm not excusing sin. Should we continue in sin? Grace abound, God forbid. I'm not doing that. But there is a confidence in us that says, you know what? We've got an advocate with the Father. We've got somebody saying, if you'll ask, I'll do it. If you'll seek, you'll find it. If you'll knock, it'll be open. If you'll do anything in my name, matter of fact, if two or three will touch anything on my, if you'll just agree on earth as touching anything it shall be done it matters how you pray he encouraged himself and then he prays and listen he inquired at the Lord I'm preaching to somebody because you're 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 you're, you're the way you're praying is frustrating your faith can I just walk in the Holy Ghost a little bit here the way you're praying is frustrating your own faith. Because he that cometh to God must first believe that. I got to believe that he is. He is what? Whatever I need. I'm not praying to Buddha. I'm not praying to. I'm not praying to some God that's not touched by the feeling of my infirmities. I'm not touching to somebody that can't hear me. I'm not touching to, I'm not talking to somebody that has no power. I'm talking to the omnipotent one, the omniscient one. I'm talking to the one that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all. I'm able to ask or think. So I first got to believe that he is. What do you need him to do? He is. He is. He is. I don't care what the situation is. He is. If I need a way maker, he is. If I need a if I need a devil casting out, he is. If I need blessings and heart, he is. If I need a healing, he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's meaning we're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on asking because he is. He is. He is. He encouraged himself. He prays, Lord, shall I pursue after this troop? You know why he asked that? Let me help somebody. You don't need to be getting in battles you're not supposed to be in. Some battles, you're not, you're not meant to fight. And he said, shall I go after them? Shall I fight them? Shall I overtake them? And this is the exciting part. And he answered him. I'm glad you got excited because none of them got excited. I said, he asked God, can I get my stuff back? I encouraged myself. I prayed and asked God, can I go after him? Am I going to be able to overtake him? And God said, go. God. 
God answered them. God spoke up. God said, do it. I'm here to tell somebody under the power of the Holy Ghost tonight, quit waiting on him to give you permission. Go do it. I'm giving you permission tonight. Go fight. Go get your stuff back. Go get your victory back. Go get your joy back. And he answered. He prayed. And he answered. He prayed. And he said, go. He prayed and he said, I don't want you just to pursue, for you shall surely. You're going to overtake them and without fail, recover everything. At that moment, David's hope got reignited because what he thought was dead, God said, you're getting it back. I'm telling somebody on the power of the Holy Ghost, what you thought was dead, what you thought was over, what you thought was finished, you just need to inquire of God and he'll remind you, it's not over yet. I still got it. Go get it back. Whom David, when you skip down to verse 26 through 31, I'm just going to read it, I'm going to paraphrase it. Whom David pursued and utterly routed and everything he got back. I want to help somebody right now. and I'm getting close to closing. I want you to write this down, this phrase down. Because God gave it to me in prayer, the Holy Ghost. God says, fight what's in front of you. God will take care of what's behind you. He's running from Saul. Remember, that's the only reason why he's there. That's the only reason why he's in Ziklag, Brother Samson, because he's running from Saul. And he's been living these many years running from his past wondering what's going to happen everything he does is under the guise of man I can't what's Saul going to do everywhere he goes he's got to make sure he's not in some, some kingdom that's in alliance with Saul he's got to worry about assassins coming and killing him <coughs> But God gave me this. Fight what's in front of you. God will take care of what's behind you. See, sometimes ziklag is to get you to stop focusing on your past. Sometimes the reason why you have a, a sudden trial, a sudden calamity in your life, is because you've been focused so much on your past. When David inquired of the Lord... Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake them? And God gave him the commandment to go. Listen to me. After he got his stuff back, this is what's powerful. Three days later, David receives tidings that Saul and Jonathan are killed. What he'd been running from for years, God took care of in three days because he started fighting what was in front of him. Instead of worrying about what's behind him. That's what Ziklag has to do in our lives. It's got to refocus us. Sometimes, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody right now. 
your past has been such a hindrance to you. It's affecting everything you do. It's affecting everything you do. It affects your moods. It affects your relationships. It affects your trust. It affects your worship. Because you messed up and you think nobody knows about it, but every time you're here, God, the devil reminds you of it. And you're always looking back over your shoulder thinking about your past and all the mess-ups and all the mistakes. And you can't, you can't focus on what God's wanting you to do right now. you got a lot of stuff that's waiting for you out there, but until you get over your past, until you start fighting things and forth, I'm going I'm to tell you something right now. When, when the children of Israel went to the banks of, of the Red Sea, you know what Moses said? Moses said, tell them to sit down. This is what he told them. He said, sit down and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what he says. You go read it. Go read it. He says, sit down and see the salvation of the Lord. And God immediately in the same verse speaks to him. says, why are you crying unto me? Why? Because we got a Red Sea and we got Pharaoh breathing down our necks and he's going to kill us. He tells them, he tells Moses, why are you, Moses said, sit down and see. And he says, why are you crying therefore unto me? Tell my people to go forward. Because if you stay here, your past is going to kill you. But if you start walking forward, I'll start parting seas. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight, you're fixing to walk through something that God has promised. God's wanting to get you to the promised land, but you've got to let go of the past. You've got to stop sitting there and thinking about it and hearing the hooves and hearing the chariots and hearing the hollers and screams and wondering when Pharaoh's going to show up and kill you. You need to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to go forward. I know it looks like the Red Sea and there's no way I'm going to cross it, but I'm not going to sit here. I wish the spirit of those four lepers would get a hold of somebody and says, why sit we here until we die? I'm not going to sit in my past. I'm not going to sit with what the doctor said I was going to be. I'm not going to sit with what my parents and my, my, my friends and family said who I am. No, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are new. You stop looking at your past and letting it identify you, letting it capture you on the Red Sea. You turn around and go forward and watch God do what only God can do. <laughs> Tell my people to go forward. And when he focused on what was in front of him, God took care of all that stuff behind him. In three days, he's king. In three days, the prophecy has turned around. Can I ask you the question, is anything too hard for God? What, what, what shadow is overshadowing you that you can't see what the future is? What cloud hovers over you that you can't get over? I want, you to talk, I, I want to talk to you for a little bit. 
I'm glad you're standing because I'm almost done. But I want to talk to you right now because I feel this deep in my spirit. I preached it hard today about not giving up. I'm feeling the same thing tonight. I'm telling somebody right now, you have allowed the past and whatever identity was associated with you in that past to stop you from advancing forward. And the longer you sit there, the closer the enemy gets to you. The longer you sit there on the banks of the Red Sea and don't do anything, the closer Pharaoh's getting to you. And the Bible says he had wrath. He wasn't going to keep them. He wasn't going to take them back to Egypt. I'm going to kill them. Because a thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. And let me tell you, God gave me this years and years ago. This is my revelation. This is, my, this is, this is, this is me, okay? God told me years ago, years ago, what he wants to steal first is your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your, and with joy shall you draw out of the wells of, you got to draw out of the wells of salvation with joy. A lot of you, a lot of you don't have joy in the Holy Ghost because the enemies came in and stolen it. And that joy is how you draw out of the wells of salvation. It's how you feel saved. Because this world didn't give you that joy and the world can't take it away. But you've allowed the enemy to come in and, and, and take it away from you. And next, after he steals your joy, he kills your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't even please God without faith. And if you have no joy, no faith, he's going to destroy your soul. Because if I don't have faith in God... Then it won't take me very long until life just floods me over. If I don't have faith that he's going to somehow do it, the pressures of life are going to, are going to drown you. I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm telling you. Your past has stolen bit by bit the joy. And the worship service is going on and you clap and you may even, you may even lip some words to the song but you're not, you're not really worshiping. And this, this event that just happened in your life, whatever it is, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He, he, don't, he don't tell me your, I don't know your life. I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost is telling me. Some of you are facing things that you never faced before. It's because God's putting you in ziklag for you to get your attention off your past and off the stuff that keeps tripping you up and off the stuff that keeps telling you you'll never be anything with God and you'll never accomplish anything. And he's trying to get you to start seeking after the God, the God that you serve, start loving him and encouraging yourself. And you don't start seeing things in front of you that, hey, wait a minute, God did say I could have that. God did say I could have that. that. That is a promise I could still have. That is a victory that he promised me a long time ago. But until you bury the past, I heard an interview this past week. He was a native Oklahoman. His name is Toby Keith, music, a country music star. He interviewed where he he was doing a work with a work with Clint Eastwood. And Clint was at the time was 88 years old. And Toby Keith asked him, he said, Man, 
How do you do it? I mean, he gets up every day and goes golfing. He was fixing to start and make another movie and star in another movie. He's 88 years old. I mean, who does that? And, and, and this is what Clint Eastwood said. He said, I, get up, I try to stay busy. I try, to, I, I, try to, I try to stay active. He said, but I also, I don't let the old man in. And I got a message from Clint Eastwood. He said, I don't let the old man in. There's an old man that's always chasing you. Reminding you of your past. Reminding you of your failures. And you can't let him back in. You got to determine here right now, all that stuff is dead. And let me tell you something, husband and wife, whichever one it may be that keeps reminding the other one of what they did, stop it. Stop reminding them every time they mess up something they did over and over again. Listen, I'm telling you right now, God has washed those sins and buried them and you better do the same thing and you better get together with them and say, honey, we're gonna fight devils. We're gonna take back... We're going to take back things that were stolen from us. I'm going to get my joy back. I'm going to get my love back. I'm going to get my marriage back. I'm going to get my excitement back. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to have what God promised me. I want everybody to stand. Somebody here today has been haunted by what's behind you. It's created sleepless nights and weary days. I want you to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying tonight. It's time to go forward. You've been sitting there too long. You've been sitting there too long. You're not doing anything but letting the old man get a little closer. And he's about to come in. You know what the Bible says when they, when they, when they, that unclean spirit has gone out of a man, the man cleans it, but he doesn't fill anything back in. And Jesus said, that spirit, he don't just come back by himself. He brings back seven worse spirits with him and lives in a clean house. Listen, you got the Holy Ghost. You need to start putting some stuff in there. I've got the spirit of God. I'm supposed to have joy. I'm supposed to have peace of mind. I'm supposed to have faith. I'm supposed to have joy. Come on, somebody. I'm supposed to have hope. I, I refuse to be depressed any longer. I refuse to be discouraged any longer. I've cleaned my house and I'm putting things in it that God wants in it. I'm not letting the old man back in. There's joy found when you pursue what's in front of you. Nothing about the past really is going to help you. Oh, it's good to reflect every once in a while, but it'll really help you. What helps you is say, I'm going forward. You notice the children of Israel walked 13 times and shouted once? They walked 13 times and shouted once. 
That's how you get your joy back. You just keep walking. That's how walls come down. You just keep walking. You keep going. I want you to lift up your hands. Who am I talking to tonight? Who's under the cloud of their past? Who finds it difficult to go forward? Who can't get over what they did to you? You know what ziklag means? Ziklag means measured. This is where God measures you. This is where, it also means pressed down. This is where God presses down and measures you. You've looked at this trial you're in and looked at it as a curse, but it wasn't a curse. God's just trying to measure you. He was getting measured for the kingly robe he was prophesied to wear. I said he was measured for the kingly robe he was prophesied to wear. I'm sorry you had to go through it, young lady. I'm sorry, sir, you, you had to deal with that. Ma'am, I'm sorry they walked out on you. I'm sorry you had that hanging up hanging over you. But if you'll come up to the front tonight and you'll say, God, I'm going forward. First of all, I want you to do this. I want you to start thanking God for Ziklag right now. I want every eye closed. I want every hand raised up. I want you to start thanking God for Ziklag right now. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the things that I thought you were taking from me. God, all along, all you were trying to do is get me to realize that I've got to stop worrying about the past. And the only way to stop worrying about the past is to have a present zigzag in your life that shakes you. I'm talking to a backslider tonight. You're in a very real storm right now. This, this weekend, you have been in a very real storm. But God's trying to get you to bury your past and go forward with him. Come on, lift up your hands right now. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know your story. I don't, I don't. Don't, don't listen to the lie the devil tells you. Oh yeah, somebody been talking to him. Nobody talked to me. I don't know. You're in a very real situation right now. And it's God's attempt to get you to stop looking at your past. And sometimes he's got to shake you. And sometimes all you see is ash and ruin. And so he can get your focus on what What's important, what's behind you is dead, it's buried. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands right now. God's going to confirm this word to somebody right now. God's going to confirm by his presence right now.
you're going to be free of the chains of your past from this night forward. You're going to be free from the things that bind you, the things that haunt you, the things that dictate how you act and how you do and what you, how you perform, everything. Everything even down to your business is operated because of the influence of the past and God wants to forgive for you, for you to forever forget that because he's got a, a beautiful promise for you. He's got a, a kingdom waiting on you, David, but you got to get through Ziklag. You got to go through Ziklag, David. Come on, pray right now. Pray right now. You got to go through it. I'm sorry you got to, but you got to go through it. I didn't want to go through what I had to go through. I was lied on, betrayed. I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm talking about people in church. I'm talking about people that you thought you should have trust in. I'm being transparent right now, but I'm telling you, I know what it's like to be hurt deep. In my response, in my response, that's what matters. Come on, praise him right now. God, you, you had to go through it. Come on, right now, right now. Come on, praise him right now. If I'm talking to you, lift up your hands. Every eye closed, nobody looking around. Nobody's going to see you. If you have trouble getting over your past, lift up your hands. If you're, if you're on your face, then don't worry about it. God knows. But if you have a problem getting over things in your life, I want you to lift up your hands right now. You're tired of the struggle, ma'am. You're tired of it. It's wearing you out. I want you to know something tonight. It's over. God's forgotten it. God forgave you. And you need to forgive yourself right now. You need to forgive them right now. You need to let it go right now. Come on, praise him right now. Come on, praise him right now. Go ahead and sing, yes.